So I'm gonna to talk to you today about patience. Pretty much every sermon I've ever heard on patience, in fact, pretty much everything I've ever heard on patience is really boring. So before you jump to text that friend that sent you the link to watch this or listen to this, let me just tell you how I'm gonna talk about patience today. I wanna to begin by talking about big noses. Then we'll talk about coffee on the border. Are we there yet? I wanna think about a letter from James, the Greek word hupomone, conscious uncoupling and goodness. In Hebrew, the phrase that they use to express this notion of patience is oreke apayim. Now, oreke apayim literally means the length of your nose. Now, there's a visual image for you just for a moment. How comfortable are you with the length of your nose? Have you ever thought about the length of your nose? Have you ever thought that your nose might be too big. Well, in this sort of mindset, actually having a big nose was considered a good thing. What does having a big nose have to do with being patient? Well, the theory was this, that, that where this kind of idea comes from is that when you're kind of really getting aggressive with someone, when you're sort of about to maybe have a fight with them, eventually you'll notice faces get closer and closer. We see this in hockey and soccer all the time, that sort of when, when nosies start getting really close to each other, we're about to have a fight. And the Hebrew thought process was that if you had a slightly bigger nose, that kind of kept you just a little bit further away from that person. So you had a little bit of distance and that little bit of distance might just give you that extra bit of control, that extra little bit of self-control that you don't start the fight. Therefore, having that slightly longer nose is what allows you to have a little patience. Now, think about that. The idea of patience is being connected to your ability to be in control of yourself. Now, I think that's quite interesting for us because ordinarily we tend to, in this day and age, talk about patience as something that we need when we're out of control. When everything's happening that we have no control over, generally that's when you're told to be patient. In fact, how often in your own life do you actually say, oh, I'm just going to be patient? You generally call upon patience when it's something you can't do anything about. So earlier this year, when we were still allowed to travel places, we had just crossed the border on our way home from a trip to the USA. And so we stopped for coffee. We wander into the, the coffee place and two choices present themselves to me as soon as we walk in. Do you go to the till on the right or do you go to the till on the left? There was somebody working at the till on the right. So I took that as my safest bet to get served quickly. And so I wander up and I stand uh, politely waiting for the person to invite me forward to be, uh, to be served. Um, and I stood there for, kind of got a little bit awkward, felt like a long time, probably a minute or so. And then the person who was standing there just doing some, some work all of a sudden walked off. So now I'm left stood at an empty till. While that happened, another person joins late and I also wanted to get a coffee for their trip. And they look at me standing behind the till on the right. So they decided that a safer bet was to go and stand behind the till on the left. They'd clearly been here before and understood some hidden code in this place because they went to the till on the left and immediately got served by the person who had just a minute ago been stood here ignoring me on the right. 
Now, I'm British and know a lot about standing in line and, and how you're supposed to do it properly, but this kind of started to irritate me a little bit. But also, I didn't want to cause a scene, so I stand there politely, assuming, well, once the person has served the, the, the lady on the left, she'll then come to me. But that's not how this story went, because after this person over here got served, the, the employee wanders off and starts cleaning somewhere else in the store. And now I feel like I've stood here so long it's gotten really awkward that either I have to somehow project myself onto this situation and I had got a little angry at being ignored by this point. And so not trusting my own sense of patience and my own ability to, to kind of control myself, I kind of shamefully left the coffee shop and returned to the car and said to my wife, yeah, we're not getting anything to drink and we drove on. And I felt so out of control. But somehow, this happening for me on a road trip took me back to all those road trips I used to take as a kid with my family. I'm sure you took road trips with your, your family uh, when you were young, and they all seemed to be opportunities to learn patience, or at least that's what we were told. Because you know what happens, you get into the car, you've been in the car what seems like forever, and one of your siblings works up the, the courage to ask the question that we all wanna ask. Are we there yet? And, and what happens is we ask this question because we don't know where we're going, we don't know how long we're going for, and we've got no control over this situation, so we just want to know. Invariably, our parents' response is, no, we're not nearly there, and you've got to have some patience. And I wonder if our experience of patience when we're young teaches us something about the concept. It teaches us that patience is something that you want to avoid because patience means you're out of control. Patience means you're passive. Patience means you've been strapped into the car by your parents and now you're on this ride and you're not getting off. You're in it and that's the way it is. You don't know how long it's gonna last you can't stop it, and it's quite likely that at some point in this process of learning patience, you're gonna fall out with everybody. Now, I'm still talking about <laughs> the road trips that we used to take as kids, but doesn't that sound a little bit like where we're living now? That the road trip, and the problem with the road trip is you've got to live through it. Once it starts, you're in it. You can't get out, you can't move over somewhere else, you're just in it. And maybe generally you've done quite a good job of keeping everything together. Generally, you can kind of go about life, you know, in control of how you feel about stuff. And you can, you know, you can walk out of the coffee shop, you know, before you get too angry. You can step away when things get a little too tense and your patience isn't working for you. But something seems to happen when it goes on for weeks and more weeks, and, and nine weeks into all of this sort of journey. Now, some of the stuff that I've been trying to keep kind of locked down, and the emotions, and the ideas, and my way of being that I was kind of doing well up until now to pretend weren't there, I've kind of run out of energy to keep them at bay anymore. And it kind of gets a little scary, doesn't it? Because we find ourselves, you know, saying things to each other, arguing with people, getting frustrated at stuff. And in one sense, there's the sense of like, why am I, I getting so frustrated about this stuff? But then there's that other sense which says, goodness, were all of these emotions in me all the time? And it's only now that they're starting to come out. And then the really scary thing is, that some of these emotions, some of these angers and some of this temper and some of just my ways of dealing with things, 
Like, what if they didn't just appear in the pandemic? What if they've always been there? And it's just that I'm beginning to lose the ability to keep control of that. In the letter from James, chapter one and verse four, he says, let patience finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Like, let patience finish its work. Well, I'm currently strapped into the middle of this journey. and I'm not in control of where we're going and I'm not in control of what's happening uh, around me in the world. And now I'm supposed to let patience finish. Like I'd rather just let all my emotions out. I'd rather shout at the person in the coffee shop. I'd rather, you know, argue with my siblings in the car. I'd rather lose my temper. I'd rather let everything fall apart on me. And then, and then this letter in the Bible says, let patience finish its work on you so that I'll be mature and complete. And it seems like what James is writing to us to tell us is that there's a process to life. You get in things at the start of the journey and the journey has to run its way through in order for you to get there. And what we want is we want a five-step shortcut. We want a program that says three ways to do this or four ways to do that, that we can bypass and jump beyond the, the difficult stuff that we have to learn in the midst of the journey. We'd much rather shortcut it. We'd much rather bypass it. But here's the thing that James seems to realize. You can't bypass your humanity. When you try and short circuit and move things on more quickly, what happens is all of that stuff that's in there, all of that stuff that kind of scares us a little bit right now while we're struggling to be patient, all that stuff's still there and needs dealing with. James wrote his letter to this people a few thousand years ago now, and he wrote it in Greek. And the Greek word that he uses that we translate as patience is the word hupomone, uh, now, there's, there's a word that you might want to try and remember, hoop amone. And, and what's interesting is, is that we translate this word as patience. And then what happens is because we translate the word as patience, we naturally start to then think of it as passive, right? So patience means everything's out of your control and you've just got to grin and bear it. But the Greek concept of patience is active, Sometimes it's translated as endurance. Sometimes it's translated as perseverance. In fact, one scholar uh, of Greek says that the actually part of the way that you could translate this word hupomone is active resistance. No, I kind of like that. I kind of get a little drawn to that active resistance. Instead of just letting patience do its work, meaning, oh my goodness, I've just got to sit here passively and let things happen. But what is it that I can actually do? How can I be active while, while these things are working their way out? Like, what are you resisting right now? What is it that you're going through? What is it that you're dealing with Maybe what you're dealing with is very similar to what many of us are dealing with at this particular moment. But what are you resisting? Like, is it your fears or is it your sense of overwhelm? Is it your depressions? Is it the darkness? All of these things that you want to resist. And of course, that resistance isn't passive. It needs to be active. But maybe there's other things that you're resisting. Maybe you're resisting boredom. You know, everything's changed so much in life. And actually, a lot of people are expressing this sense that we're bored. Now, boredom actually is a passive notion. When we don't have any patience, becomes really dangerous. You see all these bored people in the world right now. And that's why we're attacking our leaders as they're trying to figure their way out of difficult situations. We're throwing bricks at politicians. We're sharing conspiracy theories on our Facebook and our Instagram pages because we're bored and, and we're not resisting that boredom particularly well. We're not being active. We're just being 
passive. So why is it important to think about patience as active rather than passive? I think it's because we're always being acted upon. There's always something trying to shape you, something trying to form you, something trying to change you. It might be just trying to change how you act, or it might be trying to change your attitude, or it might be trying to change the atmosphere around you, the way that, that you are in that. See, for me, however, the question isn't so much, are you being formed by something? But the question is, what are you being formed by? There's always something acting upon you. And if we constantly assume that when we're out of control, our only choice is to be passive, then basically it's all of the other things of life that start to act upon us. It becomes that we join the, the mob on Facebook, we buy into the particular conspiracy theory, we, we lean into some sort of negative way of thinking because, hey, I'm out of control of everything, so I may as well not actively resist this. Jesus, however, in Luke chapter 21 and verse 19, he has this phrase in, in English, it often reads like this. It says, stand firm and win life. But what's translated as stand firm, you probably can guess it, is this Greek word, hupomone. Jesus says, be patient and win at life. Like be patient, actively patient though. Actually be, be conscious of the things that are acting upon you. Like don't live in this sort of sense that you don't realize that, that different ideas and different philosophies and different notions are all swirling around in the world right now. And in our difficulty and our isolation, we're kind of being overwhelmed by all of these thoughts and these ways of thinking and these ways of doing and these ways of behaving are acting upon us. But are we conscious of that? Are we aware of that? Are we passive in that? Or can we step into a sense of being actively patient where, where, where we acknowledge, and I think this is what Jesus is kind of leaning at in this, in this verse in Luke 21, that, that we acknowledge that history is largely out of our control. That's just the way it is. And perhaps for many years now, we've just ignored that and we've, we've not paid attention to the fact that so many things are out of our control. You're strapped into the back of the car like, like used to happen when you were a kid and this ride is on and we're going that way and there's not a whole lot you can do about where this is going. But active patient teaches us that your actions and your attitudes and your atmosphere can all be influenced by you. They don't need to be piled upon by everything else. So at some level, you can consciously uncouple yourself from the negativity. You can consciously uncouple yourself from the anger and from the rage and from the tempers. You can, you can disconnect yourself from the various influences and things that are acting upon you. So what do we do instead of being passively patient. When we know that all of these things are acting upon us and trying to adjust our, our actions and our attitudes and our atmospheres. Well, I wonder if Paul tells us in Galatians chapter six and verse nine. Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now there's a, there's a phrase. Like, like, let us not become weary. 
Like, I don't know about you, but I feel weary sometimes about the situation that we're living in. And some of the weariness comes not just from the physical situation, but just like that kid in the long trip, I don't know how long this is going on for. You don't know how long this is going on for. And if we knew it was one week or two weeks or three weeks or, 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 or one month more, then perhaps we could navigate that. But we just don't know. So we become weary. But Paul says, don't become weary and don't become weary in doing good. See, because when everything's acting upon you, it's easy to lose patience and just give up at some sort of level. But Paul's saying to, to these people in Galatia, keep doing good because there is an alternate to letting something else form you. There is an alternate to being passive. And that's this idea of active patience. And Paul, of course, roots that in his Easter hope. That if God can do everything that he did in Jesus to die and be raised and, and give us all of that hope, then we can still find it in him to lean into the situation that we're in, to not become weary in doing good. Because if we can keep doing it and we don't give up, then God says there will be fruits in that. And I get that that's hard and that the end seems as far away now as, as the beginning. But active patience to lean into this notion of patience and say, I'm not going to give up. I, I, I might be out of control of this particular situation. I might not have the ability to know how long it's going to last. It might feel that I'm just strapped in and we're on this trip. But I can choose how I act. I can choose my attitude and I can choose the atmosphere that's around about me. And somehow in all of that, that lean into God that says that God would help us somehow navigate this in those ways. That we don't become weary in doing good. That we don't allow ourselves just to passively give up because now, hey, we're out of control. I feel like at some level, the question at this point is, like, how long is your nose? This Hebrew idea that, that you could stare in the face of the things that would form you or things that would shape you or things that tried to crush you. And somehow you could just find the strength to be active in that moment, to have enough distance from that situation, to, to be patient, to resist the formation of being shaped into something that doesn't line up with who you are. Hupamone. This idea of a strength that rises out of that hope. You don't need to be defined and shaped and formed by everything that's happened in the world. You don't need to have this excuse that says, well, everything else is out of control of my life, so let me also be out of control of my own life. But instead, in the midst of a point of difficulty and suffering, there's this sense of hope comes through these words in the Bible that let patience do its work in you. Let it shape you. Let it continue to form you. You may be out of control of everything else, but your actions, your attitude, and the atmosphere you create, whether that's just for you or if you're in home with a, with a partner or a family or the places that you work or even those few moments of human interaction that we have at the moment, we can say my active patience is going to leak out because I'm going to find ways to do good even though I'm out of control because patience is something that I do. Like it's stressful times that we're living in right now. It's difficult. You know, we're all, we're all, you know, more tense with each other. And, 
you know, the pastor rolls up and goes, well, what we need is patience. And because of our, <laughs> you know, like who wants that, right? And, you know, and whether that's something as simple as, you know, just don't shout at your wife, you know, or, you know, or, or you know, just take a breather before you lose your temper with your kid. You know, there's that sense that, that it's, I just have always heard patience talked about as, you know, in, in really passive negative terms. So as a result, you know, nobody wants patience because it implies something, you know, uh, you know, nobody, let me put it less, nobody wants to be patient because to admit you're good at patience seems to admit, well, I'm just out of control of everything. It kind of hit pub, public sort of circles when, when Chris Martin and um, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, what we would say got divorced, but they used the phrase, we're consciously uncoupling, um, as a way of sort of saying, I'm stepping away from this. And, and so I like this notion that, um, of kind of stealing those words and, and sort of reapplying them. One of the aspects of active patience then is to say that particular thing that's trying to form me, maybe it's anger at a politician. Let's use that as an example. I don't think the government are dealing with this particularly well. That, that sense of, um, of anger can become quite infectious. And I can go, well, it's just the situation we're in, it's just how I feel. Or I can kind of consciously uncouple myself from that way of thinking. You know, I'm not gonna think like that. I'm actually, and that becomes, that's for me where active patience starts to sort of lean in a little bit to the situation and, and, and say, there's another way to be. And it involves, it maybe does involve waiting. It maybe does involve trusting that the people that are leading us are kind of seem to know what they're doing. It definitely involves trusting Jesus and saying, okay, you know, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then I'm pretty sure uh, I can trust him in this situation. But I have to um, consciously, and I think that's for me is the key thing, that doesn't happen accidentally. If I'm not conscious on the forces that are, that are, that are acting upon me, then they're just gonna keep doing it and I'm gonna ignore it. But if I'm conscious of it and consciously say, I'm not gonna think like that, I'm not gonna shout at that person, I'm not gonna lose my temper in that. I think that's patience. You know, I, I think it only takes one family member to decide I'm gonna be actively patient, that the atmosphere in the family just starts to change. You know, the, 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 and, then, and then it becomes infectious because, okay, well, wait a minute, you didn't have the fight, so that means I'm not gonna, you didn't shout at me, so I'm not going to shout back at you. So now we've all started to learn and, and, and move. I'd be amazed if there was even one family out there that said, no, we haven't changed a bit. Everything's exactly the same. No one's more stressed. Nobody's finding, you know, like pretty much everybody, I think, you know, would say, goodness, this has been a little bit harder. And, and I suppose the message of the New Testament hope that comes through in that is that you don't need to give up and you don't need to just go, well, I'm out of control, so I'm out of control of everything. You know, maybe for the first time ever, we're more aware of our own um, vulnerabilities uh, and that gives us a space to learn a little bit more about the ways that we can be strong. Let me just bring you a little piece from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11 when Paul is praying for the church there and he just says this. He says, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience. And may that sense of patience drive you and shape you and form you into this person who does good for Jesus when everything else feels out of control. And may his grace and peace be with you.